This is for professional and institutional clients only. Our two plants, we have locked in very long-term deals, as we have with our operational plants. That is key to our investment program, really. Skelton, Grange, which are near Leeds, and Kelvin, which is near Birmingham. These two are very well-placed assets where they've got their strategic supplies, because it's important that where you build these plants, it's actually close to supply of the waste. Strategically, not a lot of competition around those areas, and we've locked in some very long-term deals. Welcome to the Igneo Infrastructure Partners podcast, Keeping It Real Assets. In this series, you will hear from the Igneo investment team in conversation with the leaders of our global infrastructure businesses. We will shine a light on how they operate and their approach to the challenges of an ever-changing world. We hope that you enjoy listening. Hello and welcome to this episode of Keeping It Real Assets. My name is Nils Payne and I'm an Associate Director at Igno Infrastructure Partners. I'm very pleased today to welcome Mike Mosley, who is the CEO of Infinium. Infinium is an Igneo portfolio company that operates energy from waste plants across the United Kingdom. So today we'll be discussing the key trends in the UK energy from waste markets, the role that energy from waste currently plays in the country's energy mix, and looking ahead, how this role may further evolve in the coming years. Mike, welcome to the podcast and thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Nils, and good afternoon, everybody. So just to get started, Mike, could you please just introduce yourself and give us a bit of an overview of what Infinium does? Yeah, sure. As you mentioned, I'm the CEO of Infinium. I've only been in the role 12 months, 30 years in the power industry, so I'm very happy to be joining the waste sector. Infinium is a fantastic business. It's currently the fourth largest pure play energy from waste company in the UK. We have four new state-of-the-art operational assets, and I would say they're the best in the UK. In fact, they could be the best in the world. We process 2.3 million tonnes of non-recyclable waste through these plants, but we also have two construction projects. We're investing £900 million in these construction projects, and practically these will be coming online in 2025 which will make us the second largest energy from waste company in the UK. When you talk about energy from waste or waste energy, can you tell us a bit more about what this process involves in practical terms? We take non-recyclable waste, and this is waste that comes from a Biffa or a Veolia or a Suez. There are tier one suppliers. We basically divert that waste, which would have gone to landfill, and we bring it into our sites and we use it as a fuel in our boilers. This in turn creates heat. The heat is transferred in the water in the boilers, which turns into steam. Um, The steam then flows into the steam turbines and turns the steam turbines to generate electricity. So hopefully that's quite a simple process, quite technical and challenging, but hopefully I've explained it quite simply. The only other part we use from the heat as well is, is where we have the opportunity, we supply heat to local facilities like at our Kemsley site in Kent. We actually supply steam to DS Smith, which is a cardboard manufacturer. So talking about the waste that you process at the Infinium facilities, how does this waste flow from the waste and the recycling that people like you and I sort out at home on a daily basis? Well, the waste that we would put into our dustbins at home goes to a separation facility, which then companies like, as I said, Veolia or Suez or Biffa, 
they separate out the glass, they separate out the plastics where they can, and they separate out all the metals. What is left then is basically a waste which would go to landfill, and that's sent to direct to our energy from waste pumps. And Mike, where do you source your waste from? We source it from quite a few different suppliers. We have 25 suppliers in the UK, and some very renowned names such as Biffa, Veolia, Suez, but also from equivalent of a local authority waste suppliers. We don't actually collect it ourselves, but they collect it and then they take it to their transfer stations, as I mentioned. So this waste is essentially the fuel for the energy from waste process. Do you pay for that waste? No, that's the magic and the great business model here. We get paid for our waste. We get paid to take it. So what the waste companies have to do is they would have to pay a tax to put it into landfill. So we basically get a very similar price to what they would put into landfill that then gets sent to our site. So we get paid for our fuel. And actually, we have the great opportunity then to turn that fuel into an energy, which we then get paid for the energy as well. And in your view, how does energy from waste contribute to the broader economy? And why do you think it can be considered to be critical infrastructure? I think the main area really is that we, as a waste sector, have a role to play in society. We manage waste which would go to landfill, which is very important, and it gets put into other areas, i.e. energy from waste plants. If it didn't go to landfill, it would get diverted abroad, and we don't want that. So we are a very important national infrastructure, managing waste as our prime objective, and ultimately doing the right thing for the environment. On top of that, from an infrastructure point of view, we actually create energy. And the energy is another aspect which we displace non-fossil fuels. And generally speaking, when it comes to solutions to processing waste produced in the UK, what do you see as the alternatives to energy from waste? The main alternatives to energy from waste, as far as managing the waste, number one is we have to recycle. The right thing to do is to reuse and recycle waste to not create it in the first place. We are a very positive supporter of that. If we recycle as much as we can, then the next step is that it would go into landfill or get exported. So on that purpose, we then turn that waste into energy, as I said. But we also use the waste at the end of our process, which is ash, and we can turn that waste into both road landfill, which basically is the main foundation for road construction, and also for uh, creating concrete blocks. You were touching on landfill. Landfill seems to be the least desirable solution for waste management. Can you talk me through the reasons behind that? Landfill is a means to an end to manage where waste can't go any further. But practically, once it's put into landfill, And if you've got a biogenic content, you will actually create methane over time. And methane actually works out at around 80 times worse than CO2. So us taking into our energy from waste plants is actually helping the environment. So what are the key trends that you see in the UK waste sector today? Key trends at the moment, we're looking definitely at reducing plastics. That's a must. Very important, or the whole recycling process. For us, if we reduce the plastics from an energy and waste point of view, uh, we reduce the chlorine content, and actually this is what can damage our boilers. So reducing that is good for us. 
Reducing plastics also reduces the CV content, which actually enables us to manage and process more waste, which is good for us and the environment. You were talking about calorific value, Mike. Can you just clarify for the listener what that refers to? It's the energy of the waste or energy of the fuel. So you're measured in megajoules per kilogram, for instance. That's a calorific value. So it's the energy in the waste. The energy then creates, ultimately, through a heat process, releases that energy into the boiler, and that creates the steam. Taxes on landfill, there's potential that this is going to continue going up, and ultimately there will be a ban on landfill for biogenic content. So that is a trend where we've really got to get to the bottom of stopping landfill by 2028. There's also trends that there's a potential for the emissions trading scheme to come in in 2028 as well. And the whole focus really on the market is beyond full recycling process and reduction of plastics, it's actually to look at how we can decarbonize. You were just touching on recycling. I have a simple question on that topic. If we all recycle more, what does that imply for an energy from waste business like Infinium? It's a positive. Recycle more remove more plastics from the waste. Less glass in the waste, less volume to process for everybody, which is good for the environment. Also good for the plants. As I said, less plastics means less chlorine content in the flue gas, in the gases in the boiler, which actually do damage to the boiler. Again, less of that is good. And ultimately, more recycling means less landfill and less exports. So all in all, good for society. One of the recent developments in the UK energy sector has been the implementation of the windfall tax. Can you talk me through how a company like Infinium is impacted by this? It's an area that we've been working on and we've got some good responses to Bayes and the government on this. It's very important that we support the energy crisis. We acknowledge that there's been some very high energy prices. This additional tax is a 45% tax above and beyond any power price that we would gain above £75 per megawatt hour. So that is a shared back to the Treasury and ultimately gets shared back to the consumers at home. Linking to your point on the energy crisis, what's been the overall impact of this recent crisis on energy from waste in general? Well, for sure, we've not been immune to the events that are happening around us. Our consumable costs have gone up significantly, in fact, We use a lot of ammonia and lime for our emission abatement. So that's gone up quite substantially due to the energy that's required to produce them. The positive from an energy from waste perspective is, critically, the energy that's being produced is a domestic source, i.e. for our electricity in our homes. We're sending out electricity from our homegrown baseload flexible energy. We're not using fossil fuel energy to produce this small aspect for the UK. Now looking to the future, do you expect energy from waste to be a growth sector for the UK economy? I think the UK energy from waste sector is still growing, but more slowly now. Ultimately, there will be a finite amount of non-recyclable waste available. We've got to recognise that. Currently, there's about 15 million tonnes per annum of this type of waste, which is used in the energy from waste plants across the UK. But there's about 22 to 25 million tonnes available. As I said, some is being exported, some is going to landfill. So there is the potential to grow, but it's estimated that the analysts in the market are indicating 
by about 2025, when our two plants come on as well, that, that basically the, the market could become more balanced. So then less new engine waste plants will be required. You mentioned a slowdown in domestic waste production. What does that mean for the two projects that you currently have under construction? Just to clarify on the slowdown, there is still quite a lot of non-recyclable waste out there, but capacity is being built. That was my point, really. And ultimately, our two plants, we have locked in very long-term deals, as we have with our operational plants. That is key to our investment program, really. Skelton, Grange, which are near Leeds, and Kelvin, which is near Birmingham. These two are very well-placed assets where they've got their strategic supplies, because it's important that where you build these plants, it's actually close to supply of the waste. Strategically, not a lot of competition around those areas. And we've locked in some very long-term deals. We aim to lock in about 80% of our waste capacity for long-term deals before we even go to construction. That really does give us the commitment to invest. So that's what we're looking for. 900,000 tonnes between these two plants as well that will be processed. So it's really good for both these two community areas, how we can divert their local waste away from landfill into our assets and then really linking that all back around into the exciting opportunities for these two second and third largest cities in the UK that can hopefully take some hydrogen from us or we could create district heating for them as well. So lots of other potentials to lock in there on top of our waste supply stream, which is solid. Lastly, I wanted to touch on the topic of the energy transition, which is obviously a a key topic for us as an investor, Infinium as a company and the broader society. Can you talk us through the options and innovations that Infinium is considering when it comes to supporting the decarbonization of the economy, but also creating a more circular economy? We're exploring many options, and that's what makes uh, the sector extremely exciting. I'll name three main ones, and then I'll link them together. But basically, our energy that we produce is how can we use it better? So we can use it better through sharing heat to district heating systems, I mentioned that our Kemsley site does provide heat to the local cardboard manufacturer, but if we could do more of that heat distribution, that would be positive. Carbon capture is another high potential out there. I didn't mention earlier, but 50% of our waste is actually biogenic. So if we could capture our carbon and put it back into the ground through the processes that have been set up, actually 50% of our capture can actually create negative emissions which actually can be a whole new world market as well. So something quite unique for energy and waste plants. And another area which has potential is creating electrolytic hydrogen. So this is using our own electricity to generate hydrogen through simple processes, but basically create the hydrogen and divert the electricity away from the grid. And what that can do is basically the hydrogen can go into using it for the local economies, for instance, our supply chain of trucks that are bringing waste into our sites can all be fueled by hydrogen produced from waste in the future, ultimately creating net zero answer for transportation. We could also supply it to local factories if they needed heat as well. Also, my ambition is that if we can use our electricity to divert direct into hydrogen electrolyzers, And then we can quickly move back to creating export of power by switching between one source and the other. It means we can provide a response to the grid 
yeah, as renewables come on, the grid will become more volatile in terms of keeping the lights on. And so my view is, is we can compete with batteries and we can compete with pump storage by being able to flick quickly from hydrogen production to electricity export to the grid. So we have lots of opportunities here. We're looking at them all. They won't all land equally, but for sure, I am sure that they will be used across energy from waste plants in the world full stop. Well, Mike, my key takeaway here is that there are lots of exciting possibilities ahead of us. I'm personally really looking forward to working with you on these initiatives. And that is all we have time for today. Mike, thank you for a great discussion and for joining us today. Thanks very much, Nils. As you know, I'm always very excited about everything, but we have a baseline that's so strong in this business. We can only build a stronger and stronger future. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Real Assets, the Igneo Infrastructure Partners podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can listen to more by following Igneo Infrastructure Partners on your favourite podcast platform. If you'd like to find out more about Igneo Infrastructure Partners, you can visit our website at igneoip.com. This podcast series was produced by Mark Gardner at OX4 Sound Studio. This podcast is not a financial promotion and has been prepared for general information purposes only. It is not intended to be investment or financial advice and does not take into account the specific investment objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. References to specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell such securities. Investment vehicles managed by Igneo Infrastructure Partners are only available to institutional investors, professional investors, qualified investors and wholesale clients. They are not available to retail clients, the general public, private customers or any persons in any jurisdiction in which their distribution is not authorised. Igneo Infrastructure Partners is an unlisted infrastructure asset management business and is part of the First Sentier Investors Group. We communicate and conduct business through different legal entities in different locations. Please refer to the notes section of the podcast platform you use for more information on Igneo Infrastructure Partners in your region. For Singapore only, the podcast should be used in accordance with the applicable laws in Singapore. In Singapore, the podcast is issued by First Sentier Investors Singapore, whose company registration number is 196900420D. This advertisement or material has not been reviewed by the Monetary Authority of Singapore. First Sentier Investors Registration Number 53236800B and Igneo Infrastructure Partners Registration Number 53447928J are business divisions of First Sentier Investors Singapore.